Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Over the next six weeks, we are going to go on a journey that we've entitled Crossing Over. And we're going to look both individually for each and every one of us as people, but also collectively, corporately for us as Life Center. What does it look like for us to cross over? We're going to journey together through the first few book, first few chapters rather of the book of Joshua. And I want us to recognize that each and every one of us, our lives are made up of countless moments. Now, let's be honest, most of the moments of our lives are pretty boring, are they not? Most of the moments that have made up your life aren't necessarily the stuff that you write movie scripts about. It's not necessarily the stuff that that you write a bestseller about. They they matter, but they're not those moments that you look back upon with, with huge significance. But there are a few moments in each and every one of our lives that are significant. They're defining moments. They're refining moments. They're moments of transformation. What are they? They're crossover moments. Maybe for you is when you graduated high school, or maybe you were the first person in your family history to, to graduate with a college degree, and it was a crossover moment. Maybe it was for you when you walked down the aisle and you made not just a commitment, but you made a covenant to that spouse. And how many of you know your life changed? It was a crossover Moment. These moments are where we leave one reality to take hold of a new and a greater reality. What I believe about crossover moments is that this is where both faith and feet have to work together. There's a lot of people who say, I got faith. But there's no feet with their faith. And when we come to crossover moments in our lives, it's one thing to say, yeah, God, I believe that you you have something greater for me on the other side. I believe that there's some new territory that I'm going to take. But unless our faith and our feet work together, we miss out on the transformational moment. You see, these moments, they leave an indelible mark on our lives. They're critical. In a moment, we're going to look to Joshua chapter 1. And as we begin today, I think it's important that we understand every single person in the place, every single person watching today, you are a byproduct of a legacy. But we are also, each and every one of us, creating a legacy. We are recipients, we are a product of legacy, but we are also creating Legacy. Now, legacy defined is simply this, anything that's been handed down from the past. Some of those things are good. You see, in, in my legacy, people have said to me for years now, when they see a photo of me and then they see a photo of my dad at the age that I'm now at, they look at me and they say, Tyler, you are your dad. There's some DNA that's been handed down. There's there's a legacy. And what's interesting, our firstborn, our oldest, he's now a freshman in high school. On Friday night, he went to his first homecoming. 
which means I'm getting older. And I posted a photo on my Instagram of him, and I had some of my friends that I went to high school with that I haven't talked to in a while, but they were writing going, oh my goodness, Tyler, that is you when you were a freshman. And it is, isn't it interesting that, that people say, I look like my dad, and people say that my son looks like me. There's, there's legacy that shows up in each and every one of our lives, whether we ask for it or not. Some of the legacy that we've received are good things. Maybe you had parents who were really good at managing money, and, and they passed on that gift of stewardship to you. Some of those legacy things can be great. Other legacies, though, aren't so great. Maybe part of your legacy was this hand-me-down of brokenness or challenge. See, legacy is simply anything that's been handed down from the past. How many of you are thankful for the hairline that you received? How many of you realize that's not a good part of the legacy, Tyler? Let's, let's move on. Garrett, I see that hand. Okay, so we, we all have good pieces and bad pieces to our legacy. A legacy is simply anything that's been handed down from the past. And here's what I want you to hear. A legacy is from there, but it's for here. So maybe the good thing that, that happened historically, even though it's from there, it's not just for there, it's actually for here. It's not, remain, it's not supposed to remain just locked up in what once was, but it's also not a call to simply try to return to want what once was. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 1 in just a moment. But I want to give some context, maybe those who are new to, to the storyline of Scripture, of what's going on leading us up to this point. You see, earlier in the storyline of Scripture, God makes a covenant with a man named Abraham. And he chooses Abraham and he says, listen, Abraham, through you, I'm going to bless all the people of the earth. And it's through you and your family line that I'm going to carry out this promise. Abraham's family grows. It becomes tri 12 tribes. They move to the land of Egypt and they continue to multiply. And pretty soon Pharaoh gets a little bit nervous because this small family has grown into a strong nation. And the people are put into this bond of slavery in the land of Egypt. And God hears the cry of the people and he raises up a deliverer named Moses. Again, one of the things that we're going to watch is, is God made this promise to Abraham and that legacy, that promise is going to work its way through the generations. The legacy is there. And God raises up Moses and Moses leads the people in this exit out of slavery, out of Egypt into this exodus period where they journey to the edge of the land that God had already promised to Abraham all those generations earlier. And they come to the border of that land, they, they survey it, they send out 12 spies, 10 come back with a negative report, only two showed up with a positive report, and the people's hearts were crushed with fear, and they spend the next 40 years wandering through the wilderness instead of taking hold of what God had already promised them. Listen, they missed the opportunity to seize the legacy. Forty years later, that's exactly where we find ourselves. That generation had perished in the wilderness. Moses dies. 
on the outskirts looking in but not able to go in. And God raises up a young man named Joshua. Look with me, Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare. Can you say prepare? You and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. Now, God had already promised. It wasn't a question of whether or not God would actually do it. What he was looking for was some people who would trust him at his word, receive it by faith, but also put feet to that faith to cross over and receive what God had already made available. It says this, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, and all of the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses, I will not leave you or abandon you. See, Joshua, at this moment, this storyline, there's, there's multiple transitions taking place. There's a geographical transition where the people of Israel have this opportunity to move out of the wilderness and into the promised land. There's a generational transition. Those who rebelled had perished in the wilderness. Those who had been born in the wilderness are now at the verge of walking into the land that God had promised, and they'd seen the miracles. They'd seen how God fed them every single day with manna. They'd seen this, this God who provided water from the rock. And there's this transition geographically, generationally, but also within leadership. And we're about to see this same God who is faithful to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt. He's also going to be faithful to deliver the promise that was a part of the legacy that's been handed down to them. You see... Today, as we consider the legacy that we've received, I think it's important for us to pause. The past is a good thing to honor, amen? The past is a good thing to honor, but it is a horrible place to live. Great place, great, great thing to honor. Horrible place to live. One of the greatest generational movies of our time Napoleon Dynamite, come on, how many of us remember Uncle Rico? <laughs> Uncle Rico's always saying, man, back in 82, if coach would have put me in, we would have won state. Things would look different. I'd be soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. You know, he's just like, he's all about it. But the problem with Uncle Rico, he's not honoring the past, he's living in it. And this is so dangerous for each of us. Why? Consider the storyline of Israel. God delivers them out of slavery. They're in the wilderness. God is feeding them manna that they go out and gather every single day. He's providing food. He's providing water. Even the sandals on their feet don't wear out. And guess what they say? It was better back in Egypt. Come on, how many of us, we've ever had that conversation? It was better back then. 
It was better in the, in the 30s, better in the 40s, better in the 50s, better in the 60s, better in the 70s, better in the 80s. Well, there's some people who are like, man, the worship in the 80s, that's when God was really moving. <laughs> Let's just go back there. What's so funny about this is earlier on in church history, there was resistance when hymns were being introduced. Why? Because they were old bar tunes that they used to just put new theology to. The church pushed against hymns coming in the church. Why? Because it will make the church worldly. Isn't it funny how history repeats itself? Some of the things that we fight over, if we could just go back, but understand, we, we got to learn to honor the past, but let's not live there. Let's not live there. You see, there's potential dangers when it comes to how we approach or even perceive the past. There's, there's some of us, we want to deny the past. If we could, we would love to erase a big section of our storyline and say, well, that never existed. I'm going to pretend like it wasn't even Real, But the problem is there was something in that piece of your past that made you who you are. There's others, though, they, they don't deny it. They romanticize the past. Man, if we could just go back to how it was. If we could just go back. Man, things were better back then. No, it wasn't. Anybody remember the struggle when you were a kid and you were trying to find a payphone to call your parents to pick you up? My kids saw a payphone a, a number of years ago and they're like, Dad, what is that? And I had to explain to them, there were these things that you had to put money in in order to make a phone call. They're like, well, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you use your cell phone? I'm like, you don't even know the struggle. You do not understand. We, we tend to either deny the past or romanticize the past. Some of us, we, we like to revise or revision the past. Revisionist history, you ever struggled with that? Some of us, we want to blame the past. Here's the point. Neither running from the past nor living in it is the goal. Don't run from it. Don't live, from, don't live in it. See, today, as we consider our own crossover moment, there's a key truth that I want us to center in our hearts. And, and what is that? God's faithfulness is a reminder for our future. See, Scripture says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means where I see the glimpses of his faithfulness, he is still the same God. His character is still the same. And so when I see his faithfulness to the people of Israel providing an opportunity to cross over, that same God has opportunity and grace and faithfulness for you, for your own crossover moment. Because there's some of us, what is the crossover moment in front of us? Some of us, the crossover moment is this year, I'm going to take steps to cross over into a healthier place in my marriage. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to move out of the land of excuses, the wilderness of excuses. I'm going to stop making excuses and I'm going to cross over and seize and take new ground in my faith. What is it for you personally? I know there's some things for us corporately that matter. God's faithfulness is a reminder for our future. You know that today is our birthday life center? Happy 103 year birthday. You are 103 years old. 
And as amazing as that is, man, I'm thankful for our legacy, but I want to make sure we just don't camp out in our legacy. But I think it's important to recognize what our legacy is. Why? Because it shaped us for who we are. See, some of you, you, you know the storyline. Others of you, you don't. Our creative team gathered some photos and some memorabilia for, from our 103-year journey segmented into 25-year windows. It's the storyline of who we are. Some of you, you don't know the story, but in 1918, there was a small group of believers who got together and they rented a space on the corner of 6th and Pine, just a couple of blocks from where we sit, and they started a church. And that small group of believers reached out to this pastor. His name was Reverend Frank Gray. He was pastoring in Spokane at the time. And they asked him to come and be the pastor of this church. What's interesting about Pastor Frank Gray is that while he was in Spokane, there was a knock at his door one night, and he opened the door to a mob of people who pulled him out of his house. And they literally threw tar on his body, covered him in tar, and then threw feathers on him and ran him out of town. His wife did not know if he would be found dead or alive. Why did they do that? Because he happened to believe that the Holy Spirit was still at work in the life of followers of Jesus. And they didn't like that. And so they tar and feather this man, they run him out of town, and what does he do? He walks back home, and over the next number of hours, his wife helps rip the tar from his skin, bringing skin with it. Life Center, that's in our DNA. That type of faith. That type of boldness. And it's in this place that this church continued to grow. They had a passion to reach Tacoma, but it didn't stop at the border of Tacoma. They wanted to make an impact for Jesus around the world. And that small little band of believers, they, they put their, their feet to faith. And what did they do? They built a building on the corner of 12th and G downtown Tacoma. And guess what? That building still stands today. 12th and G. And it was in that place that, that they had a passion to see kids come to know Jesus and learn the scriptures. And they, they wanted to mobilize men and women to be a part of the mission of Jesus. And yet even in all of that incredible faith, there were some challenges. There were some setbacks. This small little band of believers, they, they had such crazy vision, crazy faith. And they did something that was crazy as we look at it. They, they purchased a chunk of property way out on the edge of town, right where you're sitting today. They took these bold moves of, of faith. And what I love about the, the legacy that's been handed to us, there was a generation of people who had gone before us and they weren't just consumed or concerned with themselves. They were thinking about the legacy that they would pass to those who would come. See, I'm very well aware that many of us were sitting in seats today that we didn't help pay for. We didn't build. There was a generation of people who were determined that, that they weren't just going to receive a legacy, they were going to pass a legacy on. In 1974, there was a vision to start a school called Life Christian Academy that would train and equip and prepare young men and women to be world changers. 
1975, that first sanctuary that was built on this property, it, it burned to the ground. In fact, the cross that was on top of that building, it got twisted because of the heat of the fire. And today, ladies and gentlemen, that cross hangs in our gray chapel. Next to it, the words say, trial by fire. See, the legacy that's been handed to us, man, yeah, it's been beautiful, man, it's been incredible. There's also been some fires. There's been some challenges. There's been some obstacles. But I look at this small group of followers of Jesus 103 years ago who were willing to rent an upstairs room on the corner of 6th and Pine, and what are they saying to us today? They're reminding us, will you be willing to courageously take steps forward even in the unknown? Because I want to remind you what was going on globally in 1918. There was a pandemic called the Spanish flu. And that's when our church started. Friends, we've already been here and done this. It's already in our DNA. We survived a different pandemic over 100 years ago. You can't tell me that God doesn't have enough for us right now. And it's not enough. Listen, it's not enough for us to sit and wait for this thing to be over before we begin to cross over and take some new territory. Not on our watch. Because we are recipients of a legacy, but we are also creating a legacy for those who will come behind us. Understand, we have so much to be thankful for in our legacy. I look at these pictures, and the reality is that storyline shaped my life. I'm a byproduct of it. And now in this leg of the journey, I want to make sure that I I run well. And I don't want us to run to get an amen from the crowd. I want us to run in such a way that we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servants. But are we willing to cross over? See, today, I think it's important to consider the legacy of God for a moment. What was the legacy of God to Israel What's been the legacy of God to Life Center over these 103 years? And what is the legacy of God for you that today you can receive? Number one, his legacy is powerful. It's powerful. Can you say powerful? God has proven himself powerful. He promises the people of Israel, here's the deal. I'm going to give you this land. It's not just going to be your efforts or your energy or your strategy that's going to accomplish this. It's going to be by the strength of my power that this takes place. See, what I love about the God that I serve, he's not powerful enough to simply just give a promise. He's powerful enough to fulfill a promise. And somebody needs to hear that today. Because there's different moments where, where you felt the promise of God over your life and you question, well, God, that's great that you promised it, but, but I don't know if you're actually going to deliver. Trust me, he is powerful enough to deliver on his promise. Think about how his power was revealed to the people of Israel for a moment. He, he was the one who delivered them out of slavery, out of Egypt. He was the one who sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness, even in their rebellion. Aren't you thankful that we have examples like that? That even though they kind of wandered and went their own way, sound like anybody else? 
Even though we wander, God, God continues to reveal his power and his goodness. He provided the means to take hold of the, the land that had been promised. Friends, his legacy that, that he gives to us is that he is a powerful God. Hear that. He's proven it throughout the history of Life Center, but also it's not just for Life Center collectively, it's for you individually. What else is his legacy? His legacy is that he is faithful. Can you say faithful? God is faithful. God would fulfill his promise to Abraham. He would make good on it. Why? Because faithfulness isn't just what God does. Faithful is who he is. It's who he is. And yet I realize to see his faithfulness means that I'm going to have to be willing to walk by faith. I'm going to have to be willing to, to lean in, even when I can't see it. Because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The children of Israel, they, they had never crossed over. They had never been in the promised land. And God said, hey, you're going to have to follow me. More on that in the coming weeks. But God is going to prove himself faithful. Now, I know there's some watching today, and you're like, Tyler, I've never seen the faithfulness of God in my life. I'm a self-made person. Everything I have, I've done. Faithfulness. God, God hasn't been faithful. So let me ask, did you wake up today? You know there was another option. If, if you woke up, guess what? He's been faithful. If you've been forgiven, guess what? He's been faithful. If you have any thread or ounce of hope in your life today, guess what? He has been faithful. Even in the moments, even in the places where you haven't seen or you haven't acknowledged or you've even ignored the reality, guess what? He has been faithful. It's his legacy. It's who he is. And what we receive, friends, it can't stop with us. It's powerful. It's faithful. There's the third dynamic of his legacy to, to Israel, to Life Center, but, but for each and every one of us individually. His legacy is that he is present. He is present. I love that God promises Joshua, hey Joshua, you don't have to do this journey alone. Do you know that none of us, none of us, we, we don't have to do this journey alone. Years later, as Jesus comes in the incarnation and, and he walks on this earth, the scripture says this about Jesus, that he is Emmanuel. He is what? He is God with us. And then Jesus says this in John 14, it's to your benefit that I go away. Why? So that I can send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God's gonna take up residence in us. God is present. And there's, there's five life-transforming words that I need us to hear today. It's right here in the scripture in Joshua chapter one. It's this, I will be with you. Come on, everybody put your hand up with your fingers. Those who are watching at home, put it up. You're gonna need this this week. 
Because there's going to be a moment and you're going to have to look at your hand. I don't know if it's, it's while you're at a stoplight and the person next to you is like, they just lost their mind. Guess what? People already think you're crazy. Just go with it. It doesn't matter. But there's going to be a moment where you need to look at your hand and you're going to remember these five words. Come on, say it with me. I will be with you. But God, I'm overwhelmed. I will be with you. God, I'm about to lose my job. I will be with you. God, my kids are running from you. I will be with you. God, no matter how hard I try to break the chain of addiction in my life, I will be with you. It's who he is. Friends, this is the legacy that's been handed to us. We're recipients of a legacy, but we are creating a legacy. What will we do on our leg of the journey? 1 Peter 1, verse 13 says this, therefore, with your minds ready for what? Action, 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 action. Get ready. Listen, some of you in the next six weeks, you are going to take a bold step of faith and you're gonna cross over into a new reality, taking new territory in your faith. Your life will never be the same. But also, as we stand at the river's edge as life center. I believe that God is calling us to prepare our minds for action, to get ready to to cross over, to take some new ground, some new territory. But Tyler, the the floodwaters, the current, faith has feet. The same God who who calls us to, he's going to reveal himself powerful. He's going to reveal himself faithful. He's going to reveal himself present in this journey. Man, I'm thankful for legacy, but friends, I don't want to set up camp on the other side of the river, just camped out in what was. I want to lean into what God has for us individually, collectively. Today, I want to talk about a couple of next steps. And for some of us, listen, the most important next step is that we would experience the greatest crossover moment that's available. What is that? Crossing over from death to life by putting our trust in Jesus. Some of you, you're about to make the greatest decision you have ever made in your life. By putting your trust in what Jesus has already done for you through his life and his death and his resurrection, that is your crossover moment today. Others of us, though, we need to take the step to to look at our past and, and to honor our past. I think some of us, the the step we need to take this week is is get alone with the Holy Spirit. Write down your story. Write down your legacy. Examine it. Look for where God has been faithful. Look for where God has been powerful. Look for where God was present in all the places that you didn't see it before. And allow that to stir you with greater faith as you approach these crossover moments. The third next step is this. For some of us, we just need to simply commit and say, you know what, I- I'm going to cross over. I'm going to cross over this year in my marriage. I'm not going to sit in this place of, of just what was. I- I'm going to move to greater places of health. Maybe it's you're going to cross over from, from the wilderness of fear to the, the, wil- to the land of faith. 
What's your crossover moment? Part of this is I want to call each and every one of us, do not miss the next six weeks. Hear me. So for those of us who say, Tyler, I'm in, let's cross over. Okay, I want you to join with us the next six weeks. And here's my promise to you, I'll do this one with you. I'll show up. Come on, you'll show up, amen? We're, we're gonna go on this journey together. I believe that this is a moment, a defining moment for us as Life Center. Today, you can take one of those next steps either through the Life Center app, the team, they have that QR code up there. For those who are watching online, you can check one of those boxes right there. But I want you to take a next step. What is it for you today? Can I invite you to stand all across this room in the balcony? For those who are watching online, would you stand as well? Would you join me in a word of prayer? Jesus, we pause right now. We say thank you for your incredible faithfulness. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. God, thank you for the legacy of Life Center that's been handed down to us 103 years. And and it hasn't been without challenge. It hasn't been without trials. It hasn't been without fire. But God, you have proven yourself over and over again of your power, of your faithfulness, of your presence. God, I pray that today our lives would be marked by that. I pray that we would prepare our minds for action. We would get ready to cross over into taking new territory this year, collectively as this church called Life Center, but also individually as followers of Jesus. Today, maybe it's your desire to have that fresh start with God. You want to know that your debt is paid and that that this is your crossover moment. If that's you, can I invite you to say this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today? Listen, it's time. Life Center, get ready. We, we are going to go on this journey, and I believe that our lives are going to be marked by these next six weeks as we take steps of faith to cross over into greater spaces that God is calling us into. I want to say thank you so much for being with us today. We don't dismiss church around here. We send it because we don't just go to church. We, we are the church. So go and be the church this week. God bless. We'll see you soon.